Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Well, hello everyone. How are you? Happy Tuesday. It's Rob Matthew with me, Heather Mahoney. Yay! I'm so excited to be here today. Um, we're going to continue on the roadmap is work that we have been doing lately where we're focusing on women who are roadmapping, redesigning her life after the disappointment of the end of a relationship, maybe a divorce or a long-term relationship with your partner. could be a financial, it could be a career stop and or the loss of a loved one. And usually when this happens, one, two, three, or all four of these things happen to us, we need to redesign, reconstruct, reimagine, reinvigorate, however you want to say it, we need to do something with our lives because we're pretty much going to start from zero and have to do something. So tonight we're going to talk with Michelle Basham. I may not pronounce it right. Hopefully I did. But hopefully um, we're going to talk to Michelle and we're going to find out how did Michelle redesign and reimagine her life after certain challenges. And we're going to hear all about that tonight. So hi, Michelle. Hi. You got it right. You got my last name right. I'm super happy to be here joining you. I am super happy you're here, too. Yay! (laughs) So um, a little bit about my journey. Um, You know, it really, like, started in my childhood, and um, which led me towards all this change. So I'm just going to go back to the beginning. Um, I was raised in a very strict religious family. Household. My upbringing was very strict in um, that how a woman, a wife, and a mother should be. So growing up, I was instilled with all these ideas of the type of woman I was to become. And, um, and you know, of course, I went along with it because that's all I knew. And, uh, you know, around my 18th year for a couple of years, I broke out of it for a little bit. I had my rebellious stage, 
and um, you know, kind of what got a little taste. <laughs> what was my rebellious? Well, I well, first of all, I moved to a different state <laughs> from my from my family, and I uh, for me, my rebellious state was really actually my my first um, experience in really like self discovery, um, kind of like what excited me, what um, you know made me happy and doing and feeling that independence for the first time in my life was freaking amazing. And, um, you know, I being raised, um, where drinking was bad and all that stuff. I, I experimented with all kinds of things and I came, I, by the time I was about 20 years old, I was like, okay, maybe I need to start thinking about settling down a little bit because this isn't how I was raised. And I knew because of how I was raised that um, I, it was expected for me to get married, married young and start a family. So, So, uh, sorry. Did you have, did you have any parents or siblings because you rebelled and, wasn't doing what was expected of you? Yeah, so I it's kind of interesting in that, well, I'm the oldest of five children, so I went away, and I came home um, for the holidays, and um, we're talking, it was like the mid-90s, so I had, I came home with like my tongue pierced and my eyebrows pierced, my I, the nineties. That was happening. <laughs> yes, I was a grunge baby. I was all about Nirvana. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so this this was my rebel, like my rebellion, like doing all the things that I wasn't supposed to do. Like my best friend, like dared me to shave my head, and I was like, okay, well, what the heck, sure. So I came home with like inch long hair and all these piercings and, and my mom saw me. And of course, back in those days, we didn't have cell phones or digital pictures. So my parents had no idea what was going on. And I came home and my mom says to me, you know what, this is actually a really good example to your younger brothers because I've been trying to teach them to not judge a book by a cover, by its cover. <laughs> so, so my mom was more accepting. She's like, you know what? There's a lesson in this. My dad, on the other hand, didn't speak to me for like three days. <laughs> so, oh, okay. so yeah, my mom is a way more like go with the flow and my dad is super conservative so there was definitely an issue, and um, when I ultimately ended up moving back home when I was 20, um, you know, I had a boyfriend, and I was so used to being independent that I would stay out all night, and of course, my parents want wanted a curfew, and I was like, well, that's not happening, so I ended up moving out on my own um, right before my 21st birthday, and um uh, and so, it, you know, on. really, yep. One moment. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, did you have support 
I okay, your mom was okay, and yeah. your dad, but did you have support, like knowing your back was covered, if you needed help, they were there? Yes, it's, I I knew that they would. I knew that they would be there when, if I ever needed to go to them for anything. But that said, there was no such thing as open communication in my house. There was no candid, like put it all out on the table, truth talking in my house. Everything was just. Everything that was outside of the religious beliefs was super taboo and just an unspoken word. So although I knew that my parents would have my back if I ever needed them, um, the torture that would come in actually having to talk to them was a whole different thing. Okay. Because um, for me – it was, I kind of knew my mom would be there, but it was like, I, you know what? I'm going to show you. I don't need you. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I really did go through that pretty much my entire life with my mom up mm-hmm. until she passed away. It was like, no, I'm going to show you that I don't need you mm. for more, more of the thing. But, yeah. you know, it was how how would I say it was almost like when I did need help or support, it was like humble pie. How do I eat this? Because I don't eat mushrooms, and it would be like eating mushrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that. So, but yeah, in some I totally way, I get that. Yeah, I didn't believe that she would be there. So oh. that also factored into it some way but but I'm so glad that you you knew that internally or um unconsciously you knew that I I struggled with that yeah yeah I I, like I knew that they would be there but like you I was super and I still am uh to this day like I I can do it I can do it myself I don't need anyone's help and so it is like it will take me like literally out of desperation before I'll actually like go to my parents for help, <laughs> you know? So I, yeah, I totally like get that, that humble pie piece. Absolutely me. <laughs> so does that humble pie, does it resonate to everyone or just your family? Cause do you ask for support in other ways from others or no? Or no, no. no. It's it yeah it's with every relationship um, it doesn't yeah I will not ask for help unless I have tried all other avenues first and I can't come up with a solution then then I'll ask for help but I usually where there's a will there's a way <laughs> usually find a way but yeah it doesn't come easy at all for me I I I I. I I so resonated with that aspect because when I was going through my, um, I don't know what you want to call it, quagmire, um, you know, in the, uh, Tony Robbins would say, go um, find in your soul in the deep, dark night. Mm-hmm. 
so when I was finding my soul in the deep, dark night, my biggest struggle was, and it created such a conflict um, in the relationship with the now ex-husband, that didn't know how, wouldn't do, would never ask for support in anything. Mm -hmm. And it created a resentment pool. Oh, yeah. And so, but after the divorce, and when I really, um, I live in South Florida, and we have septic tanks. So when the septic tank overflowed, and when the overflow septic tank, I don't know if you have it, many, many may not, but when it overflows, it ties into all the pipes in your house. So when it backs up, guess where it backs up at? Oh, my gosh. Everywhere. Uh, Right. So it usually backs up, like, in the bathroom, and then it flows from there. So when my septic tank overflowed and I didn't have – I call money resources. I didn't have the resources to deal with it. I I knew at that point I was in the quagmire. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) And so, so but it still took a long time for me to learn the word partnership. Mm -hmm. Didn't necessarily mean I wanted help, but I learned to create partnership. And in that allowed me to ask for support and it became easier. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely I I'm divorced and remarried now and it has it has been a huge learning curve for me too um to to know that I can like lean on my husband now, know that I can ask him for help without judgment. I mean, it's still it's still a little difficult at times for me, but knowing that that he unconditionally has my back. He, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but he's like really prop, the only person in the world that I'm like, okay, I can, I can just, I, I don't have to fix everything. I don't have to do it all. It's okay to ask for help. So it's getting easier, but it's definitely a work in progress. Absolutely. And if you're listening out there, you know, listen to Michelle's story because, you know, especially as women, and especially for me, I know the hardest lesson for me to learn in life was asking for help. However, Mm -hmm. once I learned that lesson, and I'm thinking Michelle as well, once you started getting into the groove of learning that piece, Oh my God! Things became easier. Yeah. I mean, go figure. <laughs> I know, right? That was, that was like, what? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. It's hours, maybe minutes. Ooh, that was a big difference. So you know, <laughs> you know, put that down, and as you redesign your life and thinking about redesigning your life, you know. Asking for support, it may not be, I always say after the age five, we we totally forget how to ask for help. 
but, mm-hmm. you know, change helps to maybe support. You may need support in a computer program or to get from point A to point B or with your car or something. But, you know, it's so much easier um, thing. Just another quick story. I was born in Jamaica, which is in an island, and my mom always said, like, you, I'm a single birth child. You don't need anyone to do anything for you. Duh. So <laughs> when she, when we migrated to the U.S., how odd it was for me to learn, not until recently, by the way, that she moved us from an island to a country that was, had 50 states that was united or something for that lesson. So think about that. You know, you get more done with two, and especially being in the military, you know, you always have to go someplace with a buddy. Yeah. And so, you know, having a buddy that you can help to see behind you because you can't see in the back of your head, it's so helpful as you go along the way. So, all right, Michelle, keep going. I loved your story. <laughs> so, let's see. Where were we? So, um, wild child, met my conservative, super quiet uh, ex-husband, and I immediately thought, this is what I need to um it toned me down. This is what I need to reel me back in to raise me up to that woman that I am supposed to be. And so I ended up getting married at 23. Um, I had my first of four children at 23. And um, I dove head, head in, head on into being a wife and a mom and, you know, trying to do all the things and you know, keep up with all the other, you know, women PTA moms, you know, for um, many, many years. And um, I ended up losing myself. I ended up losing sight of who Michelle really was because all of a sudden my identity was now a mom and a wife. And the Michelle, that authentic Michelle, was no was no longer there. She was no longer in existence. So, and um, may I ask? Um, and you don't have to share, but what was mm-hmm. the catalyst for you that says Michelle is gone? I, you know what, I didn't, I didn't realize it was it, it was happening while it was happening. I didn't, I honestly didn't realize it until um, my children started getting a little older and more independent. And I ended up having some more, some time, which I hadn't had before. And so it was probably like, geez, my youngest was about six, seven years old. And, um, you know, just he was in school and all of a sudden I had free time on my hands and what was I going to do with myself? And it really like left me in a place of what do, what do I enjoy? What makes me happy? What are my interests? Like all I know is home and family management. And, um, that was really like a pivotal point for me, um, 
another like big pivotal point for me was, um, and I'm sure this will resonate with other um, mothers out there, but I literally hated Mother's Day. And uh, yeah, I and I know there's other moms. I'm sorry, it's I'm saying I know there's other women out there that feel the same way. I loathed Mother's Day, and the reason is is because it reminded me of all the shortcomings I had as a mother, and I felt. Okay. All right, hold I on. Felt, you gotta What were those shortcomings? Now tell me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I'm sorry. Repeat that. I we kind of cut out. What were some of those shortcomings that drove you to hate Mother's Day? Oh my God, the shortcomings. Um. Oh my God. I mean, like from losing my temper over like little things to, um, you know, not being able to keep up with the house all the time or. Uh, you know, not uh, just like so many, so many little like insignificant um, things that I was just so um, critical of myself over. Okay so, okay, so based on that, here's my question. So did you have, I, I don't know if judgment is the right word, an expectation that you should be at this particular level and because you weren't there, so everything else was like dismissive? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, like, I mean, nowadays we have like social media showing us like, you know, you see these facades of women and like, everyone is supposed to be like a Martha Stewart or, you know, everyone's supposed to be like this. Everyone's supposed to be giving, everyone's supposed to, they're, you know, crap together all the time. And so I, I was running this facade of the perfect, uh, perfect home life, the perfect family life. Whereas, you know, in the house, like I was doing all I could to hold everything together because, because my husband wasn't doing anything. So, you know, it was me. I was, I was, I was the glue, but I was just like deteriorating on the inside. I I totally get that. Uh, I termed it that I was the great pretender because, uh, yeah. <laughs> out, you know, outside it was like, oh, so happy and mm-hmm. everything was perfect and. Oh, once I got inside the door, oh my God, it was like yeah. you know, the monster came out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I wasn't happy, and I wasn't smiling, mm-hmm. and I was just angry, and I was upset. Mm-hmm. And oh, but oh, Heather, would you like? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. I I used to ha- I used to say if the kids aren't in bed by seven, the terrible witch of the west comes out because I've been up since the butt crack of dawn with these kids. I've been doing all the things, and Mama is tired at seven. <laughs> ah. Yes, I, I lifestyle well, you know, <laughs> but it starts us for that great pretend and. Um, like you said, when your son was six or seven, it started to 
manifest and question. It's like, and why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, so those questions start um, creep in. Um, yeah. Like I so mine didn't creep in until the ex-husband came in and said, I filed for divorce. You'll be served next week. Holy crap. Wow. So, so that's wow. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a. It's a, like when you're in that moment, and well, and you realize that you've been the bottom of the totem pole for so many years. Like, how do you dig yourself out of that? And how do you, how do you find out, find what's going to like light your soul on fire, and bring and back life. Asked- into your existence. So what did you do to bring back that light, that passion? So I start, um, I actually decided to start doing some, I started looking at what adult education there was in my community. And so I started with photography. I've always been interested in taking pictures. I'll start with photography. So I started doing some like adult education classes. But more than that, um, I had become pretty um, unhealthy uh, as a result of not taking care of myself. And um, so I decided, okay, I'm going to start taking back my health and start exercising and start eating right. And that really catapulted me into my next phase. (laughs) I... I fell in love with that time, that hour of quiet, of just me, my music, and lifting weights, and it became therapeutic, and I, I, yeah, I just, like, fell in love with that time, and I, you know, take the kids to school, go to the gym, do my time, and, um, and then I was like, the, then the Michelle started coming out, the goal-getter Michelle started coming out. The reaching for the stars, Michelle started coming out. And um, I decided that I wanted to take my uh, fitness uh, to the next level. And so I signed up with a coach to do a fitness competition. <laughs> and I kept it a secret. I kept it a secret because of the judgment I was going to receive from friends and family and everything else because. I was supposed to be this super conservative, you know, churchgoer, and here I was getting up on stage in a sparkly bikini and hooker heels. So, but, but it, and with like 10 layers of spray on tan, but it was a goal I had set for myself. And man, it felt so good to do something so big for myself and like I said, that really catapulted me into uh, this this next phase of rediscovering Michelle and um, and finding what was going to light my soul on fire ultimately. And did it light your light your soul on fire? It did. I did that first competition and you know hopped on social media and was like, so this happened this weekend. And all of a sudden, you know, I had lots of friends, you know, go the other way. But then I had other um, moms, acquaintances that were like, oh, my gosh, 
how'd you do that? Oh. You're such an inspiration. Like, and so I really kind of grab, I grasped onto that. Um, if I can do it, so can other moms. I'm a freaking busy mom, but I did the thing. And if I can other, inspire other women, other moms to take back their health and do something for themselves, then then I want to do that. And so that really, like, lit me up. And I started sharing um, on social media um, just out of pure wanting to inspire and support other women in their journey. Nice. So are you still doing that today? No, ma'am, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, maybe I did, but it's rough. The last one I did was in 2017. <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know, sorry, go ahead. No, I said that's okay. So, okay, so that was two. Or was uh-huh. that phase one? So this is, that would, I would probably say, I, Honestly, I'd probably say it's phase one because what these competitions and the fitness and the now all the attention I was getting threw my ex-husband into a tizzy. Oh, and no. Yeah, and it was actually the beginning of the end of my marriage um, as a result. Um, uh, his huge insecurities came to the surface. And our marriage um, became one that was very controlling with a lot of emotional and psychological abuse. And um, I tried to work through it with him for about five years uh, before I put my foot down and said enough was enough, and I laughed. So the fitness lit that fire, but also... um, you know, in a roundabout way, you know, it ended ended my my marriage. But that said, who knows how much longer? I, I at that time I was seven. I was married for seventeen years, and uh, who knows when that would have come out? It would have come out eventually. Okay, so. I, I don't mean to be nosy, but I'm being nosy. So. <laughs> That's okay. I'm transparent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you initiate the process of of ending the relationship, or was that a mutual um, decision on both parties? Um, no, I initiated. So, I yeah, I ultimately um, filed for divorce. And it was absolutely not something that he wanted. He did not see that he had any wrongdoing in anything. And um, in California, where I am, uh, it's like a minimum six months to even have like your first hearing with a judge. So I managed to get the divorce was finalized in 13 months, which was really quick. Um, but it was an uphill battle struggle all the way. And I'm five years out now. It's, it was finalized in 2018, and it's still a struggle because of the co-parenting. So I still deal with the narcissism and the, the issues with him as a co-parent on a daily basis. So, oh, 
you know, that was so um, that was so much fun for me because in Florida, it's a bit, um, required to go to like divorce classes. Uh huh. If you have a kid, if you have a child, and I said I'm not going. <laughs> Oh that my was gosh. to get to that conversation because I never went. Oh, my gosh. Oh, girl. <laughs> we had, like, we had to do an online parenting, like, course, and then the mediation to come up with, like, a co-parenting schedule, hours and hours, three separate appointments because he would not come to an agreement on anything. I know, right? I, I No, I went through that uh, mediation, right? It was funny. Oh. I went oh, my God. They came it's, up with agreement. I tentatively agreed to it. And then I came home and he said, I'm not doing that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in hindsight, I probably should have done the same thing. It would have saved me a lot of time and energy. <laughs> so, but, so because I that. Um, it left me essentially, uh, because at the time I had just come through, um, you know, a really, really difficult childbirth and it was years and mm. postpartum and all that stuff. And I wasn't working yeah. at the time. So, uh, when I said, I'm not agreeing to this, um, thing and you know, the ex-husband had, the opportunity because I said my son was in private school it's our it's our kid's child together he was in private mm-hmm. school I said hey help me to pay for private school um, till he finishes middle school and I will figure out a way to deal with high school mm-hmm. no so that was the reason why I said no because the Mediation, he wasn't helping me with um, paying the middle school tuition. He's like, bump you, I ain't agreeing to that. Yeah, no, for real, if you're doing it all, forget that. (laughs) Uh, You know, well, I went to court. It didn't turn out any better. (laughs) Oh, no. But I stood on my principle. Yeah. Well, and that's what matters. <laughs> yeah. I was like, half the stuff is like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> but, you know, it's a long story. And his um, his attorney, oh, my goodness, his attorney hated me. She hated me because I, I filed um, a bar complaint against her. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I filed that complaint. And it's, you have, they have to answer the complaint. Oh, my gosh. So I made her answer that complaint and you know, for, set it up for a bar here and everything. Oh, my God. She was not happy with me, but I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> you were not going to make it easy. <laughs> no, I was not. Uh, uh, no, I was not. And I was like, I said, you you asked me for divorce, I'm going to make you pay. So I made him pay. <laughs> I mean, that only makes sense. 
But I, I really, I honestly, I today I call what he did my was my emancipation because mm-hmm. not done what he did, how he did what he did. I would have been very complacent in my zone and not yeah. get out of that zone. And that spurred me on, motivated me, prompted me to actually get up and move. And I'm mm-hmm. so much happier today and in appreciation for what he did than to get me to move. Um but I could say that today. I would not say that a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's such um, a wonderful realization, uh, you know, and I've, I've, you know, come to the same conclusion as well. It's like, you know, even though I went through all that crap, even though I went through all the torment and harassment and whatnot, like, like it really just, it freed me like i i'm always talking about like the caterpillar and then you know, becoming the butterfly it was almost like i was like just i had my baby wings and now i have like full grown wings and um without those experiences without those struggles and i'm sure you had plenty of them like right after your divorce as did i like trying to figure out after being a stay-at-home mom and everything else to to find my way not only as an individual but now as like the breadwinner as well it was it was huge and i certainly would not be where i am today if i hadn't gone through that Okay, absolutely. So what was phase two? Phase one was fitness. Uh, Phase one was fitness. Uh, Phase two would actually probably be going through the divorce because it gave me the realization that I was way more stronger than I ever gave myself credit for um, mentally, physically, emotionally, in all aspects. It also forced me, in a way, to have a voice, whereas I hadn't really had a voice before. Growing up, you know, all those years of marriage, I hadn't really been a, had a voice. So all of, all of a sudden, I started realizing I was coming into my own. I said I, I, I was coming into myself. I was rediscovering and awakening um, this woman that had been, stifled down for all these years. So, um, yeah, so the post-divorce, huge, huge changes and uh, self-realization and self-discovery was was happening uh, for me post-divorce. You there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> okay. So in so the, the divorce got you to say, I am Michelle, I mm-hmm. love Michelle, and this is who I, you know, you owned your warts, as I would call them, or your pimples. What is it? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. 
Okay. Um, yeah, it, I, um, it, I really like learned to embrace my imperfections, all those like shortcomings that had me in tears now had, now I was embracing them and I was seeing them as my strengths, as my unique qualities, as the way that God had made me. I was perfectly imperfect and that was a that was a really fantastic thing, and so I started falling in love with myself all over again. I started falling, or for the first time, I should say, and falling in love with my imperfections, and realizing I had a really freaking fun personality. <laughs> like this new Michelle had a really great personality, and so I embraced that authenticity as well. And and the more I came into myself, the more I let uh, this, you know, new Michelle kind of emerge, I raise, I was raising my vibration. And with this raised vibration, I was attracting amazing people into my life. Um, the, you know, I did a lot of house cleaning. I got rid of a lot of the negativity in my life. I no longer had space for that negative energy in my life anymore or the negative people. And so I let them go. And I was just on, on a mission to just all good things, all good vibes. Yes, there's challenges, but all good vibes. All fabulous. So, so this led you to phase three. So tell me about phase three, Michelle, after she redesigned her life. Tell me about the new, fabulous, amazing Michelle. Ooh, this new, fabulous, amazing Michelle in phase three. She is, she is married she, to a soulmate, to a man that, reaches, that matches her vibration. We... I, I, it's just um, amazing. I would have never in a million years anticipated ever meeting someone in my lifetime like him. Um, I have a voice, and I am so honored to be able to share my story with other women um, in hopes that it will inspire them and empower them to uh, to find that strength and find that fire that lights them up that's going to make them happy. Life is too short to not feel joy and fulfillment. Um, uh, this this new Michelle is spreading her stories on like shows like yours. I'm I'm speaking everywhere that I can, trying to share. And then lift uh, other, lift up other women. Um, uh, I am a life and empowerment uh, coach, so I help support women in these uh, transitions in life and this new discovery of self, um, which is so incredibly exciting for me. And I love the work that I do. Amazing! I love that. <laughs> I love that you found your voice. And, um, you know, um, I said I found me with my pimples, and mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the other amazing part about loving my pimple is that 
I no longer care one ounce what somebody else thinks of me. Yes. And that is freaking huge. (laughs) It's huge to not worry about what other people think of you. It's so, and when you have that self trust and that like you have your own back, (laughs) you know, like you don't have, when you know that you're so perfect the way that you are, it doesn't matter what anyone else has to say about you. They're, those opinions don't matter. I, I, you know, and I was like, um, you know, when it was happening, um, I said recently that I had to deal with my son's tuition in middle school. When it was happening, I was so embarrassed to pull him out of the school that he was in because I didn't want other people to think badly or that I couldn't afford the school. So I kept him there knowing I couldn't afford the school. Yeah. No. Yeah. And today I would not do that. I would take him out, but, in the course of the, since the middle school, he's now a sophomore in college. Wow. Congratulations, Mama. <laughs> yes. You know, I paid for high school by myself. Mm-hmm. And able to save and create opportunities where his entire four years of college is paid for. He doesn't even have to work. Wow, that's amazing. And and I am so grateful and happy that I worked my way through college. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I am so grateful and happy that I I can give him this opportunity to just enjoy himself and, and do whatever he, I said his only job is to get his best grades that he can. That's his job in college. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have been blessed. I would never have been blessed had not he come and said, I filed for divorce and you be served next week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. ladies, if you're listening, and men too, because sometimes the ladies don't do it to you. <laughs> you know, anything is possible. And I, I, I say the, the first and foremost thing is whatever you want in life, you have to write it down. Because if you don't write down a destination of where you're going, you won't know and you won't remember exactly where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know, so as you redesign your life, you know, Michelle had three phases, the fitness phases, which was, hey, I got to get me, my body healthy. I got to do that because if I don't take care of me and my body, I can't do anything else, Mm -hmm. you know, and phase two was like she looked in the mirror. And says, hey, this is Michelle. I am Michelle. I'm beautiful. I'm strong. I have a voice. And I can fall in love with me. 
if you don't love you, who's going to love you? How are you yeah. going to know what love is if you don't love yourself? And phase three, she went out there and she said, if you want me, this is who I am. And this is my vibration. And we got a match. Yeah. And if not, you got to go on to the next beat because I'm over <laughs> here. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. So I love your story. I love the resilience that you have. I love the persistence that you have. I love the courage and the bravery you showed in saying, I don't really know yet, but I know I'm not feeling this. This doesn't serve me. This does not take me closer to my goal. I don't know what my goal is yet, but I know this is not it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the only formal question I I have usually is like, you know, now that you've shared your story with me and the world, what's your takeaway from your story? You know, what my take my takeaways from my story are. I always i i want I want women to know as they go through redesigning their lives that one of the very first steps for me was forgiving myself, um, forgiving myself because for you know putting myself down for being so critical, all the things because I was only doing what I knew how to do in the moment. I, I was just doing what I did, knew how to do. So the, for me is forgiveness. Give yourself forgiveness. They're learning processes. It'll kind of pull you to the next level. And from forgiveness, you're going to give yourself grace because you are learning. You are rediscovering. You are redesigning. And nothing is perfect. And you're going to make mistakes. And things are going to feel good. And things are going to feel not so good. So give yourself some grace. And then finally, just embrace and love the heck out of yourself because you are an amazing human being with so much to give to the world. You have a unique purpose. And we're on we're all on this journey to find what that purpose is. So live in joy, live in fulfillment, find the thing that lights your soul on fire and just love the heck out of yourself. Oh, fabulous. And Michelle, if I or the other women out there want to get in touch with you, tell me the best ways they can reach out to you. The best way to reach out to me would be on Instagram, my handle is fiercely authentic coaching. Uh, so on Instagram, fiercely authentic coaching. Okay, seriously authentic. Um, double C coaching. Yep. 
Yep, Double C, Fiercely Authentic Double C Coaching. Right, Michelle. You know, all right, so if you want to speak to Michelle and she will help you with your life Mm -hmm. and empower to find that amazing burning fire within, contact her on Instagram at Seriously Authentic with this double C coaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can contact Michelle. And as always, you know, this is Roadmap in Your Life. I hope you got some clues today or some pointers as you roadmap your life. And if you need help in doing that, Michelle is always available. Well, maybe not always available, but she's available. Yeah, more or less, around kids. <laughs> <laughs> And to do that, and, you know, come back again next Tuesday at the same, I'm going to date myself at the same, I used to love this when I was a child, you know, when they, <laughs> when they had Batman on or whatever, it said, um, yeah. <laughs> do the same Batman, and next week we'll have another uh, amazing story of how you can redesign your life, you know, maybe at the end of a divorce or a long-term relationship, a career stop, a financial, um, who knows where that financial resources goes or whatever happens to it, or some tips on how to create that, or the loss of a loved one. It could be a, a sister, your mom, your dad, your spouse, someone you have lost and you're having a hard time in redesigning your life because, you know, they were the bedrock or that situation seems to be the bedrock of your life and the pillars are starting to fall and you need to find a new pathway, you know. So come on over to Roadmapping Your Life with me, Heather Mahoney. And we'll figure it out. Thank you so much. Have a great, fabulous Tuesday. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Yay. And then. (laughs) Yay. Someday. You know, I don't think there's any Eagles concert tonight. So I'm a little bit. But they'll be back on the concert trail in a day or two. Love me some Eagles. You know, welcome to Hotel California, right? Yes. (laughs) Awesome. You know, Michelle, this was so much fun. I thank you. I appreciate you. And thank you so much for sharing with me tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Heather. Have a wonderful evening. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media and optimize my life for updates, additional resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode as we continue our journey towards a more fulfilling and optimized life. Until then, take care, and remember to make each day count.